Hello, hello, and welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and this week we are going to be taking a look at Amphibia, the little uh, Disney cartoon. And this time around, I am am, uh, joined by two fellow nerds here who can introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Timel, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. And I'm the one who, like, recommended everyone go watch MPP. Yeah, and I'm glad you did. It's a fun little time. And uh, I'm Jocelyn, and I think I've seen the least amount of Amphibia out of all of us. (laughs) Not all of it, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen, but, uh, I've seen yeah. a good portion of it, just not. You've seen enough of it. enough of it to get the vibe and and know all the. the I know enough to terms. talk about it. Exactly, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, sometimes we have these episodes and we're like really focusing in on a specific aspect of the thing, but this time I think we're just kind of yeah. generally talking about our impressions of the show and maybe some theories for where it's going to go yeah. in uh, in season three. There's two two seasons out right now. Um, but yeah, we're just going to start off by summarizing and, and talking about it a little bit, and then we'll end off with our rating section where we decide if it was uh, worthwhile and enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Chowder, I, I mean, you're the one who brought this to us. Do you want to start off by, I mean, giving a little, I guess, more of a synopsis, really, than a, than a summary of the show? Just kind of yeah. talking about what the general premise is, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so Amphibia is, uh, is a cartoon running on Disney Channel uh, that follows uh, our main character, Anne, who, uh, after being peer pressured by her friends to uh, steal this... Uh, music box from a thrift thrift shop or something uh yeah op- opens it up and the music box sends her and her friends to this uh, other world called amphibia which is basically like it's a whole lot of frogs <laughs> a lot of frogs really? yeah so yeah. many frogs <laughs> like like basically a world where like uh these like talking uh amphibian people such as like frogs and toads and newts uh, and axolotls and axolotls. And axol- yeah, they never fucking talk about the axolotls, but they're all there. They're they're, there. they're everywhere. I, I guess they're yeah. kind of. <laughs> I guess they're uh, bunched up with the newts, but uh, whatever. And and well, like there, this, there's the one. Uh, the one guy in the town is an axolotl, isn't he? The the fucking shopkeeper. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Anyway, this anyway. is hardly. Relevant. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I just really like axolotls, so I was happy that they were. Yeah, in the show. it's a. Yeah, and this world is like. Uh, basically. Uh, uh, like it's full of like giant ass insects and uh, stuff yeah. that like would be intimidating to like frogs and like right. big birds and shit and uh, you know and but uh, not actual big bird but not actual big bird <laughs> uh, that would be a wild twist although it does fucking just like steal from enough other shows that I wouldn't fucking put it past them to just I drop mean, in Big Bird because Kermit, Kermit was in it yeah, yeah. I just I was re- I was just watching that episode I was like is that that's the actual yeah, voice that's, actor for that's Kermit. Definitely Kermit. That is definitely Kermit. Oh my god, I didn't even realize it was the actual voice actor. I'm... There's like a number of things in this show that just like the this show more than any other show has a, the a number of things where I've just like watched it and I'm like, are they fucking allowed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. much. Yeah. So like and, and like uh, meet 
uh, meets this uh, family called the Planters, who are, like, these farmers, uh, becomes best friends with uh, Sprig, and, like, basically the show follows uh, follows her uh, as, like, she's trying to get back home with her, her friends. Her wild and who, crazy antics. Well, as she ends up getting on wild and crazy antics. Mostly episodic, but, like, as the series, go, series goes on, there's, like, more plot-relevant stuff that happens, and, uh... Yeah. But- well, because the other big thing is that, like, her friends, uh, the ones that she went there with, um, Sasha and Marcy, aren't actually in most of the episodes, because they all showed up at three different places in Amphibia. So, like, we don't meet Sasha till like, the end of season one, and then, like, Marcy, like, partway through season two. Exactly. So, yeah. like, the majority of it is just following around, like, Anne and, you know, the planters who are Sprig, like Chowder said, and then the, uh, the patriarch of the family is Hopadiah hop pop planter i love uh, him. who's a fucking old man basically and then uh polly who is a uh, a polywog a tadpole still so she's sprig's little sister and uh yeah they 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 it's a it's a fun set of characters and then like they eventually end up sprinkling and like members of the town and making them more significant characters. But I feel like it takes a little while to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they really li- limited it. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a slow burn, but like, I think it's good. Like, I like even like the slice of life episodic episodes, I think are generally kind of funny and touching and yeah. So there's really cool world building. Like, I think this is one of the more fleshed out worlds in an animated show. Yeah, definitely. I've watched. I mean, I, I'd say it's comparable to other things like the, you know, the other, uh, like, more... Like Owl House. I don't know, I, and... Yeah. Yeah, like Owl House or, like, Star versus the Forces of Evil or Gravity Falls. It's, like, it, it's in that same demographic shoot, you know? Yeah. Where it's, like, trying to, you know, it's still obviously a kid's show, but it's still trying to, you know, push for some more adult theme- themes to kind of make into every once in a while, which is obviously... A lot of other shows are like that, but those are the other notable like Disney Channel shows that are yeah. that are big in that regard. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, what I was going to say is just like you know, it, it, it's got a lot of fun episodes, and then as we go along, we kind of get more about like you know this side of Anne where she kind of just went along with what her friends were doing, and then like the major conflicts in the show end up being between her and Sasha, who's sort of like the de facto leader of their little. Uh, friend group because she's just kind of a you know standard bossy teenager who is a little bit mean but like takes charge of the other two yeah and like uh, i think yeah i mean i think what amphibia really excels at is like characters because like when it comes to like world building mm-hmm. uh the show will you know put aside like sort of uh the world for the sake of a for the sake of a joke you know like yeah like having kermit the frog voice a character or like they're being like uh like amphibian versions of like modern technology and uh yeah which kind of flintstones-esque yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) flintstones-esque but like what where really shines is i think the characters where it's like uh sasha's dynamic with or um and dynamic with yeah i really like sasha as a character yeah no sasha's a great character and dynamic with sasha and marcy is like very complicated where it's like yes they're clearly like friends who care about each other but also these are toxic relationships and mm-hmm. like uh i think like the creator said that like sprig was like Anne's first like non-toxic friendship and yeah and like 
I feel like for the most part, her friendship with Marcy is relatively okay. I, I, but I, I, I don't know. I, there I, is a lot of stuff that kind of shines through, especially like when you get like the big reveal at the end. Like there, once, like, like once we get yeah. to the season two finale, it's like uh, I think mm-hmm. there's more to Marcy than in uh, season. Yeah. Because uh, at first, Marcy just kind of seems like a sort of like lovable klutz who's like super intelligent and super nerdy, but doesn't really know how to people very well. But there's, yeah. But then, like, we get to see the season two finale, and it's like big twist, and uh, like I, that's something we're probably going to be talking about a lot in a bit. But like, you know, yeah. before that, spoilers, because like, I really think you should. Yeah, this is like the biggest spoilers. I think like you know anything other than what happens in the season two finale, you can probably intuit mostly happening just by like the other episodes or whatever. But like that was like the first twist that I was like, what the fuck? Why? Why are we what? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, the season one finale was definitely like a very like tonal shift and like indicative of what it was like, for it was for sure. But I feel like there was more setup for it. Just yeah, like, definitely. I, I just feel like what we saw of Sasha as a character before the big conflict at the end of season one, you're like yeah, we're going to have a problem with Sasha. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that, she's fucking helping the Toads overthrow little communities and shit like that. And... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. And, like, uh, yeah, with Marcy, they chose to, like, uh, bury the lead a little bit more. Like, there are, like, mm-hmm. small bits of, like, foreshadowing. Like, there's this one ep- episode where, like, they go where where Anne, Marcy, Sprig, and Polly end up going to, like, this... Uh, basement in king andres's castle that uh has some uh interesting stuff and like you know she there's a part where she looks in in a mirror and like uh moth like kind of flies over and it's like oh hey imagery that like kind of foreshadows that maybe marcy isn't uh completely what she seems but like yeah but yeah but otherwise she does kind of go over the uh to go over like the overarching plot a little bit Basically, what ends up happening is, like, the majority of the first season, the whole sort of, like, driving force for everything just being in this, like, kind of one-off adventure episodic format is that there is this, uh, the the exit to the valley that they, they live in is blocked by, like, a huge piece of ice, basically. So they're like, oh, we kind of can't leave and go look for, you know, explanations for how to get Anne home until it melts. So... That happens at the beginning of season two. So, like after the whole thing where she basically, they uh, she basically the whole like, like uh, setting of this world is is it's kind of got like a weird hierarchy where like at least from what we see in season one is like the frogs are sort of like peasants kind of or you know average town folk. Yeah, like at the bottom, like it's it's like a caste system where frogs are at the bottom, toads are like uh, above the frogs, but like newts are like. Oh, yeah. Way above so everyone. newts are the, the newts are like the royalty, and then the the toads are kind of like the enforcers, like you know. Yeah. And then the frogs are the farmers. Yeah. So they 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 end up being like a bit more brutish, but then like the the newts themselves have this system that obviously creates the oppression and stuff like that. But so basically, we only see. I mean, we see a couple of newts in in season one, but they're not really. It's not really like delved into they're just kind of background characters because like the world's populated right but um at the end of season one she gets into this whole fight with sasha who is working with the toads because that's where she landed and um they end up like fighting on on toad tower and then they end like Anne and the planters end up winning out and they basically like 
you know, dismantle the, the, this toad organization. And so they're kind of like lost in the wind or everything. And like, you know, as the tower and like, you know, season one ends with like the tower coming down and like, uh, Sasha's about to fall to her death. And like at the last Mm -hmm. second grabs her and like, and there's like this really sad moment where like Sasha's like, uh, like kind of looking at how things have turned out and she's like, maybe you're better off without me and like, you know, let's yeah. go. And, oh man, that's like a really a sad moment. I, I like that about season, about the season one finale. Yeah, true. So then season two starts off with basically now that the, uh, the, the, it's getting warmer, the iceberg has thawed out and basically Anne and the planters decide to go on a little road trip to go to the capital of Amphibia, which is Newtopia. Which, uh, you know, obviously is where the, the newts primarily live because they're trying to find information about the, the music box that Anne um, has that is basically the thing that brought them there. And then, you know, like lots of little one-off stories happen um, and eventually they get to Newtopia, which, is turn- which turns out is where Marcy had landed, which I like that, whereas like Anne was with the frogs, Sasha was with the toads, and Marcy with the- was with the newts. Because, like, I feel like it fits their characters pretty well. Oh, it's just, yeah. Like, I was talking you know, about that with my roommate of, like, well, how would it would have been different if they landed in the each other's places? Right. I, I, I've i seen, like, fandom, like, run with that idea and, like, create AUs where, like, <clears throat> oh, what if Sasha ended up with the frogs instead? And But, yeah, no, but eventually, like, they, they get to Newtopia and... Like, everything seems great at first. Like, the the king, King Andreas, seems, like, super gung-ho about helping them. He seems like a really nice guy. And, he, you know, but we get, like, some hints that maybe there's more there that, that we don't really know about. And as far as we're concerned, we're just assuming, or at least I was, that King Andreas is evil, but he's duping all of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, the first, Marcy. I mean, the first thing we see from him is, like, him uh, presiding over, like, a chest chessboard with like he's huge too. oh man like he's freaking <laughs> he's a huge big boy. he's like what the fuck is king andreas supposed to be I, is he supposed to be a salamander yes yeah, it's a, it's, or... it's a specific species called the giant salamander which is like compared know. to okay, other salamanders really freaking big so any, anyway so yeah he's like presiding over a chessboard with like uh, where the pieces are like each some are like Anne and marcy and damn it's like, boy that's thick that's a thick ass boy. That's a big ass salamander. <laughs> oh, that's well, why I immediately thought he was evil. He's the same voice actor as Doctor Facilier. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah but he also, true. yeah, but Keith David. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think that's fair to Keith David, who's like IMDb is no. so massive that like he's in everything. The only <laughs> no, but it, but it was it was one of those things where it's like he talked and I went ooh. Yeah, Sus. I was trying to place his voice the whole time. I think where I really recognized him was the the he he's also the president in Rick and Morty, and he's mm. a very he does a very similar voice for yeah. King Andreas as that character. I, I mean, that's just his voice. Like he also voices uh, Goliath yeah. from uh, Gargoyles, too. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, Goliath is like a good guy, but you know, the only commonality between all his characters really is that he plays a lot of authority figures because he's got that deep buttery voice. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, he, he does big imposing characters, but because of the way the show is, my mind immediately was like, huh, I don't trust that. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, I mean... I, I mean, also because, like, the show spent so much time, like, setting up this world where, like, the toads were oppressing the... Uh, the frogs, right? Like when we get to a you know a big city that is like the the capital, the kingdom. I'm like, this show is not going to claim that the the ruling party is actually just some chill folk, and that the yeah. middlemen are the evil ones. Like that's not how this is going to end. No. Like, no. I thought that was pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like they do make it pretty clear right off the bat that like Andreas has something sinister in mind. But like that's because yeah, I actually think before we meet him, we see yeah you that you see him in the chessboard and he's like putting Anne onto the board or whatever, right? Like before we actually get yeah. introduced him, to yeah. him, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like that dramatic irony where like we know he's up to something, but the characters don't, and it's like ah oh, yeah. god, they're in for they're gonna be in for it in a bit. Uh, so basically, after some adventures in Newtopia, what Anne and Marcy and the Planters end up finding out is that. The uh, the reason that the music box isn't working is because it has three gems on it that were charged. They were like, they need to be charged before it can be used again. And to refuel all the gems, they have to go to these three different temples, which are their own fun episodes each time that they learn different lessons, etc., etc. Um, but eventually they end up getting the, the jewels charged back up and then they, you know, happenstantially meet up with Sasha and they, uh, who's still working with Captain Grimes, who is like the head toad guy, and they, um, they basically go to the kingdom and and, uh, it, Sa- and keep in mind Sasha and Grimes are like planning a revolt against the new. Yeah, exactly. So toads, Sasha yeah. and Grimes end up basically capturing the king and bringing a toad army or whatever, and then while they're uh, sort of living it up in the in the palace while things are still going down and Anne and the planters and Marcy are planning to, you know, turn the tables again and they're all mad at Sasha. Uh, Grimes and Sasha discover this, like, this, like, prophetic image of, like... I, I think it's just a mural depicting, like... Yeah, it's just a mural of, like, King Andreas, like, in a huge evil laughing pose holding the music <laughs> box and they're like, oh, damn. Oh, 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 or, like, good thing fires and, that, like, isn't it? <laughs> sad, sad people and it's like, uh... Yeah, they're like, oh, we did the right thing, actually. Oh, right. shit. It's I'm... Just, like, they were kind of just trying to grab power and, like, own the kingdom or whatever, which is, like, you know... Not great, yeah. Not, not but great, like, but like compare, not compare to destroy the world or anything. But like, as it's revealed later, King Andreas wants to use the music box in order to like colonize other worlds. Co- basically, yeah, conquer wow. other worlds. You know, including like Earth and uh, ba- basically just be what Jeff said, a colonizer, just colonize yeah. the multiverse. He wants to Thanos. So then what kind of ends up happening is like Anne and, uh, you know, Anne comes back to, to fight off Sasha and Sasha's trying to explain like, no, I, I mean, I know we weren't planning to, but this was the right thing to do. But then obviously Anne no is one like, believes I don't fucking her. trust you anymore. Yeah. And then uh, basically King Andreas ends up getting the upper hand again. And then he gets the music box. And then as this reveal is happening, it's also revealed that, uh, Marcy was sort of in on it and she knew that he was going to do this, but he like framed it in a way to her that it was like, oh, we're going to go explore new worlds together. And then it's also revealed that right before the incident that brought them there, that Marcy 
had this like falling out with her parents because they were planning to move away. So she wasn't going to be with Anne and Sasha anymore. So she's the one who kind of orchestrated them going to Amphibia in the first place like, because yeah. she had read about the, the book, the box in some like obscure tome or something like that, at the library. Cause she's a nerd. Yeah, like so she, it was like, it's a reveal. It's like, she kind of did this like, <laughs> Anne and Sasha, uh, to Amphibia on purpose, like knowing that the music box had that ability like maybe she wasn't yeah. like completely she wasn't 100 she, she sure that it would happen yeah but she was prepared for it to happen you know? yeah yeah she she really wanted to get away from the stuff going on with her family and yeah, yeah. be with her friends more than anything Which else is, uh you know shitty and toxic because yes. she also ripped her friends away from their families um and then the season ends and this is like the biggest fucking spoiler basically they they Marcy you know charges up the gets the music box working and throws it in Anne throws it to Anne just enough time to transport Anne and the planter. Uh, no, she actually like she like Anne and the planters like uh, manage to go through the portal, but like the music box box itself, uh, uh, it doesn't actually end up with Anne. But what? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, but what does end up happening is that <laughs> uh, this child gets impaled by a big fuck off sword. Uh, yeah, King Andreas yeah. fucking kills Marcy, maybe, well, probably, mm, I don't know. Did you see the end credit thing? Oh, no. Uh, they they showed, like, oh. they, they showed, like, the intro for the third season, and, like, uh, <clears throat> there's a part where, She's like, hooked Marcy's up to, like, alive. tubes and stuff. She's she, in, like, a in like tube a, with tubes connected with water and stuff. So, technically not dead. We got to see a sign of life. <laughs> Yeah. That's good, because I was like, when that happened, I was like, oh, that's sad, because I like this character, and it's also sad, because this is a fucking 13-year-old child that Disney has just murdered on a show, and then, <laughs> yeah. what, what was the point of having her flip and, you know, turn out to be bad or whatever, if you're just gonna immediately kill her off, yeah. without even, yeah. like, that much of a redeeming moment, or whatever. so I'm glad that she's still yeah. alive, that, that makes Yeah, that, she's gonna uh, be relevant question, in the third season, but yeah. The one uh, thing that I was not sure about is... Did Sasha also go through the portal? Sasha it did not go seemed... through the portal. She's still in oh, it. Because I, I know she, she didn't did. end up. No, back. she didn't. I, I thought she did too, but she didn't end up in the same place as the planters and, and, and no, Anne. No, uh, as far as anyone can tell, Sasha's still in Amphibia. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought she, I saw her in the portal, so that's weird. Yeah, I thought I thought she went through too, but then when they showed it on Earth, she wasn't there. So I was assuming that they just like you know had her wind up on a different place but i'm not yeah so i don't know about that but basically the season ends with Anne and the planters now on earth basically flipping the script because now you know the first two seasons were was uh her in amphibia Anne, you know exploring yeah. and learning about amphibia and now it's going to be the other main characters the planters learning and exploring yes. earth which uh which is just a good like little apparently uh... Anne has a cat and i'm excited <laughs> oh yeah true. yeah and, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the, the synopsis of the, the plot overall. I mean, yeah. like, obviously, the the entire both seasons are riddled with, like, a lot of micro stories because it's very episodic in nature. And also, like, um, stories that, like, don't immediately seem relevant, but then, like, become mm -hmm. more significant later. Like, uh, there was the this, robot. Yes. The robot. Yeah, there was this episode where yeah. uh, Anne and the planters ended up in this ancient uh, sort of factory and yeah. like this ro and like you know they had their shenanigans but like there was a robot that came out of the factory and like they, they eventually they would befriend the robot and uh it's just a also baby. the robot dies in season 2 
which is very sad. Oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot he died. Yeah. That's so sad. Robo. <laughs> he didn't really get a lot to no, do. No, he to didn't. Be he didn't get a lot to do, but... but it... Especially for, like, how many episodes after the, the they, factory like, episode him? that they would just, like, end it with showing him, like, following them. And then he gets there and he's just like, this is our friend now. And we're like, oh, okay. And then the subsequent next five episodes are like, oh, he's off doing something else. And I'm like... Why did we foreshadow him showing up so much if we're just going to write him out of the script in every subsequent episode, except for, like, two? Mm. Kind of lame. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But. It was a bit odd. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so uh, the show, I think, overall is pretty good. If I had one major complaint about it, I would say that, like, I mean, aside from the number of episodes that it gets from being, you know, the two episodes in 24-minute format i think that a lot of the episodes really feel like they could have used the extra time in the middle of them like i feel like a lot of the plots i sort of get the impression of like oh i see something building up and then it ends yeah and there's no like and then it like it resolves itself almost immediately but there's no like middle to the episodes yeah. if that makes sense it yeah, feels no, like no, it's I- all set up and then all pay off but no like living in the space in between times. Yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. And that's definitely a result of, like, most of the... The majority of the episodes being, like, you know, two 12-minute episodes. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're uh, the the eleven twenty five runtime. They just happen to package them as if they're not. Kind of like Spongebob. Yeah. And it's so hard but to it's tell a, it's an interesting... it's good arcs in that time frame. It's really tough. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, like, then I think about other shows, right? Like... Steven Universe is also that way, right? Like, I don't, it, like, they, it was certainly, like, 10-minute episodes, right? Yeah, but Steven Universe had, like, how many seasons to... And also, how many episodes bi- did they get approved to be two-parters? Because that's the other thing is, this season had a couple more two-parters where it is just one episode for the full 30 minutes, and not, they don't always like to approve those in the script phase. Yeah, it, it's it's weird, though, because it's like, it's, I don't even think it's entirely, like, I don't think it ruins it entirely. It's just, like, it's a bit more noticeable that, like, the episodes are feel shorter than they were written to be in some cases. Yeah. And, like, sometimes that's not even a bad thing, because, like, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I think we're fine skipping a montage in the middle. Like, I think we got the idea that they were setting up, and then we got the idea with the payoff, yeah. you know what I mean? Whereas, like, sometimes it was, like, like, if some of the stories were kind of simpler and it's, like, a story that's been done in cartoons, like, a billion times and then we just skip the middle of it, I, I kind of got to the end and I was like, oh, thank God. I don't really feel like <laughs> doing that, the middle of that story again and again. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't think of any exact examples, but sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I got the setup there. Like, the episode, like, when they were um, doing the third temple with Sasha, where it was just, like, they were starting to set up that like Anne and the planters clearly didn't trust sasha and then like the next scene is sasha is like i've been watching you i know you don't trust me and i'm like oh we didn't get to like really see a lot of that but i got it i knew that was coming yeah but we didn't need a montage to kind of like shove that down my throat that makes sense yeah and and also i mean to be fair (laughs) sasha is like uh shown as someone who's like very aware of like other people and just like very good at like sure i guess it's it's just like with kids shows i'm used to like the hand holding almost yeah, yeah not necessarily hand holding but it's like they they tend to like take ideas and show you a few instances of it to like really get you to get that whereas i feel like in most of the cases with amphibia it shows you one instance and then it says that it happened a bunch of times basically which 
uh, like I said, is not always a bad thing because sometimes I think like I'm happy to skip through that part and get to the part that's interesting, which is the resolution. But it is something that makes it that format very noticeable to me where I'm just like, oh, OK, we're here now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing that like I think overall is probably majority wise to its detriment, but not I, as I mean, much as you would think. I mean, I mean, it's a, you know? it's a trade off. On one hand, it's like yeah, 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 it it can sometimes feel like it doesn't have the time to like linger on something, but uh, other times it's like, hey, we get to move on to the actual meat of the thing, which is. Right nice. and have twice as many stories, basically. Yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah. So I, and the, I think it handles it a little. We- it handles it well. It's just it. It's more noticeable to me than like other shows, like Steven Universe, for example. That I think like really felt like the the ten episode format works with because like it, it is a really hard format to work with. I think like most shows with the ten episode format, if they're trying to actually have like underlying plot, it just doesn't do it well. You know what I mean? It's it's really tough if you're doing the short episodes to do yeah. an overarching plot, which is why they usually tend to be episodic with, like, hints of right. stuff. And then once you're, like, three seasons in and you've hinted at stuff enough, you can actually explore yeah. those little threads that you've put in because we know the characters yeah. enough that you don't need to waste that time. But it, I'm actually impressed this show does it as well uh, as they yeah, do. Yeah, and unfortunately for yeah. Amphibia, like, it's only gonna get three seasons because i guess disney's just obsessed with just like not giving any of its cartoons more than a third season ever yeah there's some like i I, that's also not the fucking it's not the same exact thing but like transformer shows also tend to be about that length like they never get more than three seasons because it's like let's move on to the next thing which is you know it could be good and bad if they know going in Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, they knew going in, so, like, it's gonna feel like a complete, uh, it's gonna feel like a complete uh, story when season three ends, probably, yeah. hopefully. Uh, unless they're really gunning for a movie. <laughs> yeah, unless they're really gunning for a movie, yeah. Uh, uh, it's just, like, but, like, I, I know, like, the re well, I-, I feel like the reason for that is because, like, some corporate thing where it's like, oh, if we go more than three seasons, we have to, like, pay them. Pay, pay people more or something like that and it's just mm, like yeah that's a dick move really that's that's why i mean i would think it's partially that i would also guess like i i would I, like i would not be surprised if that was part of the reasoning i would also suspect that like if you have a show that like lingers on like the same set of characters for too long then the longer it goes on the more you're losing opportunities to like merchandise and stuff like that like I don't, you know, I don't know if they make any fucking amphibia toys or whatever, right? But if the the cast of characters has not expanded past season three, right, mm. and then they get to the end of season three, it's like, well, they probably made all the merchandise that would actually be fruitful for them to make. You know what I mean? True. I don't Which know. Well, obvious. it's weird because they actually don't tend to make a lot of merch yeah, for animated shows because it actually for Disney the, shows, the yeah. cost to make something, especially if it's only lasting three seasons, isn't mm-hmm. effective. Um, yeah, yeah. This isn't the '80s. We're not making <laughs> toys out of everything and every one. God, I wish we were though. Well, I mean, <laughs> if if we're really saying the '80s was more like we're making things out of every toy rather than the other way around. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, we're kind is... of back to anyway. 
unfortunately. <laughs> like, everything has to I be know, a fucking I reboot. Like I, I like a mix of both, personally. Like, yeah. I think a lot of great shows are made by, like, just trying to sell toys personally. But, you know, you, you I'm can also get really a toy fun stuff. so I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, but, all, yeah. <laughs> but also it's just, like... Uh, it feels scummy it, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. It feels scummy, but also just, like, right now I feel like there's an imbalance of, like, oh, it's all, like, reboots and shows that, like, are yep. based on yep. something already. And, like, shows like uh, Amphibia don't get the love it deserves, I feel. Yeah, I don't really get the time of day. Which is, like, look, I'm looking forward to that He-Man show. But, like, it, it, it is crowding out, <laughs> like, Man. other things. It, it's one of those things like, where I'm when so... you see all of the new original content being canceled, and then you're seeing yep. six reboots... Yep greenlit around the same time that's when it feels bad because i like having both but it's you need to actually be doing both and especially if you're looking at like you know specifically just disney too right like with movies it's like yeah they still are making new movies but like how many fucking like classic disney princess movies sequel you know uh reboots in live action do we have to wade through before we get to that (laughs) yeah exactly oh man how, how, how many times do we have to see like a Disney villain be like, oh, they weren't actually evil. Her mother was just murdered by Dalmatians. <laughs> Don't even get That's a conversation for... We could do a whole fucking episode on, on the different variations of the Disney live-action reboot. <laughs> but, but to steer, steer back to uh, Amphibia. Like, to Amphibia, yeah. yeah. But to steer back to Amphibia, it's really cool because it's like got all these like influences... Uh, like from Zelda and like Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. there's like, a, and it's like, wow, uh, it it does all this while still like having this unique vibe to it, which is great. Uh, yeah, like you know the way I'm trying to remember like all of the the instances of things where I was like, oh, are they fucking allowed to do that? Because there are some good so ones. Like the episode I was just watching with my roommate, they went to the quote unquote mall in a way. Yeah, and all of. All of the shops were frog or amphibian-themed versions of real stores. Yeah. Yeah, no. Waxolotl, Pretzolotl was probably my favorite, though. (laughs) Oh, man, I was getting a kick out of all the puns. Like, if you love puns, there's, like, a lot of frog-based puns. Yeah, there's so many puns. Wait, is that the... No, the, the, that's the mall episode. I was thinking of the episode in the uh, where Sprig is running around the hotel with fucking uh, with the credit card. Yeah, and uh, what's her name? Mabel. <laughs> yeah, the slash like, Louise. Yeah. Slash. I was trying to think of her actual yeah. name. The, uh, Kristen Schaal. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible Schall? at acting. I, I don't know how to. Yeah, yeah. Shawl. I don't. Is it Kristen? Really? The the only thing that stood out to me in terms of voice acting was uh, Sam Rigel definitely voiced a character during the D and D styled episode, <laughs> and I and he was being Sam Rigel, and I was like, hey sir, I know you. What what are you doing here? I know you voice direct this, but what do you? Yeah, no, why are, what all, what's going I mean, on here? And there was the <laughs> Gravity Falls episode. Yeah, where like Alex Hirsch like played like frog version of Grunkle Stan and Seuss. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and hey, like I fucking. You, are Stan and Zeus the same fucking actor? Oh, yeah. Stan and Zeus Probably. are the same actor. Huh. Alex Hirsch. That well, that's, that's why they got them for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> One person in a booth, let them go. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, I'm trying to think. My, one of my favorite jokes, I mean, I've got two jokes that I, that stood out to me. My favorite in the entire fucking show is uh, the beginning of uh, season two. The It's changed to summer. And 
and says something about, I wonder what this season will have in store. (laughs) (laughs) There's There's a lot lot of also mic drop quotes, too, that you're just like, ooh. And then my absolute favorite joke in the entire show is uh, when they're fucking in the frog factory and, like, Sprig is trying to decipher all of the, like, the technology and then it was like, oh, put a disc in a slot. And he goes, what's a disc? And then Anne goes... I don't know. I'm from Earth, not from the 90s. And I was like, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, that was that, such that, a that good line. killed me because like, ah, oh, no, I'm old. Uh, especially because then later we get the like Skipman, which is just the Walkman. Yeah. And she's like, oh, old technology. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, I used to walk around with that in my backpack. You used to have a Walkman? Yes. I never had a Walkman. <laughs> I had it in uh, middle school because wow. no, I, I liked CDs. I, I remember, like, back in elementary school, the Walkman was like, oh, shit, that's so cool. Or was it elementary? Yeah, I, kindergarten? Yeah. I don't brother. I, it's so long ago, I can't I don't, even remember. I, no, I've never actually, like, seen a person with a fucking Walkman before. Maybe it was just different vibes in your really? school versus mine. Yeah, no. I, really? Brown school oh. did not have any fucking Walkmans in it. Let me goddamn tell you. <laughs> I I had I had I stole it from my brother because nice. he got like an MP3 player and so I was like yes so I can have the the Walkman. Um, no no yeah. like this was like back <laughs> before I even moved to Schenectady man um, like I was in New York back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. wow we're old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> fucking ripe age of twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We're fucking young. Why are we going? Oh, we're old, but. It feels like that. But it we, feels like we're old. It's it's that it's that ninety nineties nostalgia is just like a weird thing that makes everyone feel old and also a child at the exactly. same time. Exactly, <laughs> it's great. I yeah. love it. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, no. So I'm sorry. Pretty, go ahead. Yeah, Vivi was like full of like interest, uh, like vo- like voices. That's like, oh, it's that voice actor. You know, like we mentioned, like yeah. Christian uh, Shaw, uh, Christian Shaw, uh, Alex Hirsch, Keith yeah. David, but. The, and then there's also like yeah no a- Anne is voiced by uh, Brenda Song who like oh yeah who like yeah who, who used to be like L- London Tipton on like uh, the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody London Tipton Wendy yeah, Wu exactly Warrior, like and a, now a bunch of like the wife to Macaulay Culkin yeah that that part oh, still yeah. that still <laughs> throws me for, for a fucking loop <laughs> like Richie Rich and, and London Tipton are married and have a kid. Macaulay Culkin is not Richie Rich. He, he played Richie Rich in like the live action no, Richie he, Rich movie. Yeah, no. he did. He did. <laughs> what? I thought the literally the only thing Macaulay Culkin has been in was Home Alone. No, no, he's been in uh, more. Than <laughs> things. Like it's not as famous as Home Alone, but like you know the the Good Son, which was like this a horror movie about a killer child. Uh, Checks out. Who did Matt Mercer play? I mean, it makes sense. He was he was in three episodes. Play. It just says additional voices. Yeah. I I I, uh, I feel like I know the answer that. to that one, but I can't remember right now. I thought I I think I heard him in the episode that was D and D focused. I know at least mm. that episode. I'm just scrolling through the list of names, and I'm just like, wow, this is wow. <laughs> it's a very extensive <laughs> list. Rich, damn. Why did I not know that? <laughs> we're just learning a lot here yeah <laughs> the something that like this is kind of a non sequitur from what we were talking about some but something that really stood out to me is the um i, I was it, it took a while for me to place it but 
the uh, the face some of the facial animations really reminded me of this uh, this YouTube animator Chris O'Neill who uh, like if you know uh, Oni cartoons when he did yeah he did like one of the most famous ones I think is like I don't know it's like a weird fucking vulgar Harry Potter joke thing where it's like the it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Yes. That that, but like every once in a while, one of the characters will just like strike a very specific like face, like pose or whatever. And I'm like, did fucking Chris O'Neill work on this show? And I don't think he did. And I was trying to look it up, but it's like, it's so striking to me that once I noticed it, I couldn't like unsee it. Like, I, like I mean, I'm pretty sure like. I mean, this show is like... That's a fun I mean, art style that a lot of animators really yeah, I mean, like I'm, to do. Yeah. And they also, just... like, this show is full of, like, references to other stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, someone like Chris O'Neill's stuff. And speaking of references, there's a lot of Dragon Ball Z references. Like, in the season two finale, and basically goes fucking mm-hmm. Super Saiyan. And that's just wild to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Well, and, uh... She, like... Sprig's hair... Is Goku at one point in the <laughs> exactly. mall? Exactly. Not the mall episode, exactly. in the hotel episode. Yeah, that was a. It's just because we have a bunch of weebs working in animation. It's that was fine. a weird payoff to the whole, like, setup of the, the blue gem not being fully charged thing. Like, that is not where I thought they were going to go with that at all. Like, mm. why was the gem being not fully charged mean that Anne could get superpowers from it? That doesn't make uh, any goddamn sense. I mean, I'm sure that's <laughs> something we'll learn about more in season three. Well, I think it means it charged her along with the gem. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's also, that means yeah, it's also something we're going to learn did. about more in season three. Because, like, uh, in the season three intro they showed, uh, it shows, like, Anne, like, being able to, like, uh, actually use use that ability. Yeah, she, like, learns how to control it and stuff. Gotcha. In, and does it at, on Earth, which is wild. I'll have to watch this fucking season three intro y'all are talking about. I didn't even know that was a thing. I literally just l- let the credits roll, and then all of a sudden it started playing, and I was like, <gasps> "Yeah, exactly." But yeah, I mean, we do want to before we move on to the writing section. Do we want to talk about like where we think the story is going to be going in season three? Yeah, I I'm I'm excited for um. Well, also I feel like we 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 skipped over um a very important thing, and that's oh, yeah, Polly, Polly now has oh, yeah. legs. <laughs> she grew legs. Polly is no longer just a tadpole. She is the next phase and has legs and her little tail. Perfect. So she she's now much more mobile. Not that she wasn't mobile before because she would just bounce everywhere. But uh, I'm excited to see her, you know, trying to be more grown up because she has legs. And I feel like that's definitely going to be an episode that yeah. they try and do. It's like, Polly's all grown up, except she's yeah. not. I was she's trying still to figure tadpole. out. Um, like how their ages made any sense at all. Cause like I was trying to look up Sprig and Polly's ages and supposedly according to the thing that Polly is five and Sprig is 10, which seems like it makes sense. Like they could live as tadpoles for a while, but then Sprig also said something about like him and Polly were really young when their parents died or whatever. And I'm like, and so he doesn't really remember them. And I'm like, how young could they possibly, how young could Sprig possibly have been if Polly was literally alive at that time? I mean, Polly, I guess that means that Polly would have been like one and Sprig would have been mm, five, but he mm, should still remember that stuff. Right. Because Polly is five now. It depends on how long, it depends on how long Polly was like an egg. I guess. Because it, yeah. if it was one of those things where, like, she was an egg and not even really technically born mm. yet, hmm. a la Finding hmm. Nemo or, like, you know, okay. like that kind of thing. 
Whereas, like, he was younger and she was incubating. That, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> when the mom died. Like, that, yeah. I could see them doing that. I feel like they're going to go into that yeah. in the yeah. next season because they were like, oh, tragic backstory. Yeah. Let's unlock that next yeah. time. Uh, something that I'm hoping for is, like, we put, we, there's no, like, time skip when we uh, pick off and we just pick off right where they yeah. we left off in at the end of season two because, like, I kind of want to see, like, A and having to, like, process all that nonsense that just happened also yeah, like how for sure how she like has how her parents are reacting to all this i, I just want to see all the all that juicy drama that's <laughs> something that i'm hoping for in season three is is uh, like if sasha is still in amphibia i'm hoping that a significant number of episodes are just sasha centric yeah no I, because I, I really there's a lot of too. other characters in amphibia that i'd like to see more of and it would be a little bit less yeah. interesting if it was just Anne and the planters in earth i think yeah. for the entire season you know what i mean yeah like i also just want more of marcy like obviously we don't really know what's up with marcy but like obviously she can't be dead yeah. so like i just it sucks because i feel like we did we, not get any time yeah, with her compared yeah, we didn't to get Sasha. To le- and learn too much about Marcy, Anne. and I think that's something season three is going to handle. Uh, something I also think season three is going to handle is that, like, uh, it it feels like Sasha's going to, like, lead a sort of revolt back in Amphibia. Because, Rebellion. Yeah, I would guess that too. Because, like, we, we see, like, this one shot of, like, her and Grime and, like, the other members of, like, Wartwood. So, like, it's like, oh, shit. It also just makes sense for their characters. Yeah. 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 At this point. So, I, I, yeah. I, so that's, I'm excited I, I think overall. we're going to get a lot of, like, positive characteriza- like characterization for Sasha in season three, which I think would be really good. Yeah, and I, like, I also feel now like... That we've we're... kind of moved on to be, like, maybe Marcy is the more problematic one. I think it would be... Like, I think we've seen out the whole Anne-Sasha conflict for the most part, you know what I mean? Yeah, Like, they can still butt heads, but I think we've explored, like, why Sasha is toxic, and it would be nice to explore a little bit further, like, her good qualities and how it's, you know, because they, like, they talk about stuff, but they don't don't show it quite as much with her. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, like, she's a good person. She has these flaws. Like, that's the thing about Sasha. She she is, like, at first glance, like, the popular just a bossy white girl the popular (laughs) cheerleader mean girl but like uh, yeah it's it's very if this was made in the 90s she would have been stuck in just that she would have had more nuance uh she's she does generally care about Anne and marcy and like you know a lot of her bossiness is that she thinks she knows what's best for others and yeah it's you know it's like She's a character who has to, like, work through things. And, you know, she's a kid who may not uh, always do the right thing. And that's fine because kids learn. They're kids. And hopefully yeah. they'll keep learning after they're impaled by giant swords. <laughs> exactly. Look, sometimes, sometimes oh, you got to have a learning experience. You know, sometimes you got to, like, get impaled by a big fuck off sword before you become a better person. <laughs> It shocked oh me so much. I literally yeah, I was, was like, just like, what the fuck? this is why yeah. Seven. And you just... Not only did you stab her, you but can you can see, see the, sword, the sword blood I mark. Like, I knew it was going to be wild when at the beginning of the episode they have to have like the little fucking yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, a disclaimer. Like, like, it's yeah. kind of intense at the end of this episode. And I'm just like, we also had an episode in the season where Hot Pop fucking casually killed a guy. So what the fuck is going to happen in this season? Oh my god. <laughs> the, no, there was, remember yeah. like that well, Gravity Falls episode, there's this one part where like a bunch of like 
uh, monsters that the uh, alt universe Stan had trapped, like yeah. drag him into a room. The door closes and like a uh, red substance like leaks out from under the door and it looks like fucking blood. And like uh, we hear Stan go, no, that's just wax. And it's like, we know it's <laughs> fucking blood. And then later, well, like, then later on in the episode, that's, uh... they're like, talking about it and then go, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he died. Yeah. Well, because that's that's one of those uh, ratings yeah. things where it's like in order to maintain your rating, you need to show a sign of life. You can get away with it when characters aren't yeah. human. Yep. 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 Um, which is why most of the show, they can get pretty violent and pretty graphic. And it's or fine because it's a robot. frog. Um, yes, we've grown emotional attachment to frogs, but that's fine. They're still not yeah. human. It's okay. You see this shit in uh, you see this shit in Transformers all the time, where like whenever they attack a human or whatever, it's like, oh, you blow up a plane, have to pan up to show the parachute, or <laughs> yeah, it's we it's it's one of those things where like we dealt with it a lot on on one of the shows I was working on, where it was like, nope, uh, you have to show some sign of life, which is how you get uh in. Pokemon, for example, the we're blasting off again yeah. because sign of life, they're yeah. fine. Um, but it's 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 really interesting to see how Amphibia, because I can always tell like, oh, yep, they had to add that line so that they could get away with doing that scene. Well, but that's the thing um, is that I feel like they play with those expectations a little bit because like they do add yeah. in the line where he's like, oh, it's barbecue sauce, or, or it's not barbecue sauce, it's fucking wax, right? But then they also, <laughs> a minute later, just straight up say he's dead. So it's like, I feel like they're playing yeah. with those expectations yeah. where like, oh, you're you're not expecting the gory thing because it's a kid show, and then they say the joke to make it okay, and then they are like, yeah, no, he's dead. Just like, in the, I was thinking about the- they, uh, they, the, They're like, we're backtracking yeah, if we can. episode where like, you know, uh, Hop Hop, like, is, oh God, is like, yeah. fighting with a bodyguard and then throws him into, like, a, a pit of soup or whatever. And, you know, like, us watching, you're yeah. like, oh, he would probably be dead, but they wouldn't kill him. And then later in the episode, someone just rushes in the room and goes, there's a body in the vat of soup? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the season two finale yeah. got, like, delayed and, like, everyone's pretty certain it's because... The whole child yeah. impaling thing. Which is, that's actually probably why they got yeah. the disclaimer yeah. on the front, was to allow it to still be its uh, And also probably rating. why they showed the uh, season three op- opener after the yeah. credits. Yeah, yeah because, In the credits, like, yeah. Uh, I remember a AMA that uh, the creator did, uh, Matt Braley, and he said that, like, if he, if he could have, he would have wanted to not have, like, that intro so that like the audience is left wondering is it people are left wondering until the next season yeah 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 that's that's one of that was a thing that always bugged uh on our our kids show was it's it's tough especially because sometimes you'll have um the people who rate it aren't always Mm -hmm. consistent and so sometimes what'll fly for one of the rating groups won't at all for a different one and so sometimes you end up having to go back to the drawing board because, well, that group that day decided that was not TBY7. Yeah. Um, it's mm. very interesting. And you get some really creative cho- uh, things that happen when you have to work around what mm. they, they note. So, but yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything else uh, you want to touch on before we move on into the ratings? I feel like that's a pretty good place to end it myself, but... No, nah, no, nah, I, think, I think we're good. Cool.
Uh, thank you both for a, a very a, a, a good old discussion. Very uh, fucking wet. Because frogs, I guess. It was wet. The, the discussion was wet. <laughs> okay, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, fuck uh, it. Okay. Might as well go all the way. Moist. Oof. No. <laughs> Wishy. We are now going to move on to the, uh, the rating section where each of us are going to rate the topic on a scale from... Ooh, there's a lot of fun ones. I really want to, I mean, I don't know if this is the best thing to rate it off of, but I just want to fucking bring up the character of Michelangelo because that's a great... <laughs> the little baby snail. I was happy that they brought him back because I was, after he didn't show up after the one episode, I was like, are they just going to fucking ignore Michelangelo? Because he's a great... So and, I'm tempted to do one out of ten Michelangelo's, but <laughs> one out of uh, one out of ten sure. or out of ten impaled children. No. <laughs> oh my god, no! <laughs> Not gonna do that one. <laughs> um, nah, nah, I, I do like Michelangelo. I, I do like snails. One out of my, ten. Yeah, yeah. Michelangelo. Okay, we'll do we'll do one out of ten Michelangelo's. Okay, Chowder, you brought this to us. Why don't you start off? Ooh. Well, I, I mean, I think uh, this episode's pretty much shown what it is I like about this show. Good world building, but especially great characters, great, like, character dynamics. And, like, these characters have, like, a sort of depth to them where it's, like, their relationship isn't just what you see, but also just, like, a lot of underlying things. And also that these yeah. relationships can be a, a little messy, as seen with, like... Anne's relationship with Sasha and Marcy, and it's, like, really good. And also, I just like the setting. I like this. I like, I like frogs. I like, and I like that the setting is <laughs> just, like, know? oh, what if frogs, like, people. The, like, and, the dominant species, yeah. <laughs> and, like, and also, like, what, what kind of things would, like, a frog be scared of? What kind of things would a frog have to look out for in a world? And, uh... You know, which would be like insects and birds and parasites and shit. I, I love, mm-hmm. I love the creature design, but. But also, let's talk about frog capitalism <laughs> and how it's awful. Yeah, let's talk about frog capitalism. Let's talk about <laughs> frog feudalism. Let's talk about. Let's talk about how college yeah, isn't for exactly. everybody. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a great episode. episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, uh. I like, I like the humor of it, which is makes sense. Like Matt Braley worked on uh, Gravity Falls, and Gravity Falls is a hilarious show. So how many? Michelangelo's, uh, do you give I'm it? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, uh, <laughs> I give it... I'm gonna give it 8 out of 10 Michelangelo's. Maybe a 9 if season 3 turns out amazing. Alright, alright. Jocelyn, how many Michelangelo's are you, are you tossing up to bat here? Um, for what I've seen of the, the two seasons, because um, I haven't even fully watched a season, I've seen like a majority of it, but not all of it. Um... I think it's very good, and it makes me realize I should probably watch more kids' animated TV, because mm-hmm. I fell off of it for a bit. Um, but I I give it an 8, and if season 3 sticks to landing, it gets a 10. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good show. I would say, for me personally, I would probably land probably in like the 7 range like it's a it's a really good show but like a lot of the times where i'm like i'm noticing that like you know plots are cut short or things like that like there still is a lot in there that i feel like is sort of has a simplification to it that like i i know kid shows can do better on you know where it's like 
all the characters, like they clearly act how characters do in like a kids show as a ver- as opposed to like feeling like they necessarily do things for like totally logical reasons. It's more like the things that they do are to make a point about their character rather than like what that a real person would actually do in a situation like that. It's kind of a, a thing that's hard to describe where it's just like when I'm comparing it to something like other kids shows that have like this kind of depth, it's like that's sort of how characters act in like Gravity Falls. But like Steven Universe, I feel like most of the characters act like, you know, consistent fleshed out versions of themselves, if not like, you know, a little dramatic, obviously for a show. But whereas like, I still feel like in this show, like sometimes the characters, I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is a cartoon character and I understand that. And it, it makes me a little bit more aware of that than, than some other similar shows. Um, but still, it's, it's really charming. I, I like the setting a lot, which is why I hope that, you know, we'll still be getting some of, like, Amphibia in Amphibia in Season 3. And I, I like the, like, the dynamics of all the main characters for the most part. It's just like, you know, I, I sometimes wish that some of the, the, like, other background characters got a bit more to do. And I, I hope that some of them come back for season three, even the ones that are in the world that we're not primarily going to be in. I don't know. But yeah, no, it's a pretty good show overall. That's just not, you know, like super top tier for me, I would say. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty no, good place fine. to wrap it up. Uh, thank you all for listening to the Common Geeking program. Uh, again, I have been your host, Jeff Levitt. Uh, you can find me. I do a toy review uh, YouTube channel. That is Alchemist Prime Reviews, and I have, <laughs> I do have an Instagram where I post my artwork, but it I have not posted in like over a year because you know the the stuff in the world that happened. <laughs> uh, and again, I've been joined by Chowder and Jocelyn. Do either of you have stuff you want to toss out there? Hi, I'm Timul or Chowder, whichever you prefer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Timul Chowder. Uh, I'm Jocelyn, and if you watch Amphibia and you like Amphibia, also check out Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Heart on Cartoon. Wow, Cartoon Network, but also yeah, HBO Max. That That's where the easiest place to watch it is. Ah, there's 40 episodes, man. <laughs> Get on it. It's good. good. I mean, now that fucking I'm done watching Amphibia, I'll, I'll have a, a void where I have to <laughs> fill something to watch. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on. It's Emmy nominated, which means nothing, but like. It's fun. It's a good time. It's a fun show. But uh, yeah, no, our, our next episode is going to be airing on, well, we've got our common briefing program episodes where we look at uh, uh, the geek news from the month prior, and that will be on the first Friday in July, which is the 2nd of July. And then our next uh, episode like this, our proper common geeking program episodes where we'll just be looking at another topic will be on the 16th of July, the third Friday. So be sure to tune in for that. But uh, yeah. I think that's a pretty good place to leave off here. Thank you for listening, subscribing, sharing, everything that you do, and we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) The Common Geeking Program is hosted by Jeff Levitt, joined this episode by Timul Chaudhary and Jocelyn Barkenhagen. This episode is sponsored by Giant Salamanders, the thickest of boys. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levitt, and features original music by Colin Ketchin. This episode was edited by me, Time Old Children. We'd love for you to stay engaged with us on social media at Keeking Program, or by using hashtag CGP. If you want to know more about us and all of our other projects, head to commongeekingprogram.com. Stay in touch, stay tuned, and as always, 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Ciao!